Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome back to the 20th podcast covering uh, this season, the dirtiest season ever, Challenge 30. Uh, my name is Ali Lasher and I am joined not by my usual co-host, uh, Brian Cohen, but instead by return guest, dirtiest guest co-host ever, maybe, Jonathan Foreman. How are you? I, I have no idea how to take that. The- dirtiest guest oh that's fine we'll just move on uh let's not think too much about that and uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about this finale well when you have uh such little content i can i can relate to the miz here because when you have such little content you gotta stretch and try to make meals where there aren't any you know i I don't know we we kind of hit the trifecta of social issues in this episode we talked about sexism we talked about racism we talked about uh outing people and so we had, uh, we have, uh, there's a fair amount on our plate. Oh, and we also named a winner of this season, kind of an afterthought, but that happened too. <laughs> Before we get into part two of the reunion, uh, social issue by social issue. Can't wait for that. On oh yeah. Tuesday at 1030 PM before Thanksgiving. Um, you have, you know, you and I right now are the only two people on our champions going to say in the world, who knows what people are doing right now, who have, they, you know, the opportunity here, they said it couldn't be done. We have actually arrived at what I am declaring the end of the season. And we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. Looking back now, if you can remember back to July, what what are we saying about this season as we close it out? I mean, I kind of feel like the same way I felt last time I was on with you, which is the season had good elements um, before, like the the format of it. Everything except for the Redemption House part of this season was, I think, a good game format. I think it just failed horribly in execution. Um, so that, that's basically how I feel about this season. See, I still think it was a great season. I think okay. I have more of a problem with the stretch than it seems most of the audience do Not most I get comments saying people agree and I get comments saying it doesn't bother people. I think having a podcaster's perspective might put a little bit of a drain on a 20 episode season, but I digress. I'm sorry. One episode was our preview. So 19 episodes, <laughs> 19, only 19. But let's let's get the facts right. No fake next news week here. it will be 20. So that's okay. Fine. Um, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> I found every episode 
like some of the episodes we were hitting in the middle of the season were some of the best. I think I declared one of them as the best I've ever podcasted about in you five seasons. No, who cares? Okay. But, uh, <laughs> it was it, it was whatever it was. It was like most of the action was spanning over two episodes. Both happened to be good, but I think what I talked about was like if it had been one episode, holy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think they did a good job. Mostly, I am coming into this podcast today with a hot take that might not be so hot, but something I haven't really thought about. Let's hear it. People have always said, and and this is a case maybe for Big Brother entering the scene. People have always said, I've always said, I love that the challenge recycles old people. Uh, Like you really get to know them. I like this like familiar people and different arrangements kind of dynamic. I think production is too close to the cast. Like, I really do think that a lot of what we didn't see, we're going to talk about the Leroy thing. We're going to talk about Camilla. We're going to talk about all of these things. But I think at the end of the day, when it, we see this on The Bachelor, too, I'd be really interested to talk to Haley Strong and Amy about this. Like, the, and I have, this is not even a fully formed idea because I just wrote it right before we jumped on. But uh, I just think there's a difference in the way that people are edited when they're returnees. I mean, it happens at Survivor, but I think it really happens on like, you know, the Nick Vials of the world who come on to Bachelor Pat or Paradise after like a hundred times on The Bachelor. Like the MTV is too reliant and too on and too close to a lot of the people on the show. And that's why I think. Camilla partially Camilla's protected Tony's protected everybody's freaking protected we're not seeing the real juice and now we're just being told about it on the channel on the reunion and I'm not as invested as if I would have been if I watched it on my TV yeah I think that's really interesting and and like you I really enjoy that they bring people back over and over and over again uh some writers on the AV club I know have called it the best soap opera on television and I think that that really gets into the core of why people enjoy the challenge so much. The core of why I enjoy the challenge so much is that when you see this Veronica versus Anissa conversation, not verse, that's the wrong, this sort of Veronica and Anissa conversation that occurred during this finale, there's, so, there, there are, there's, almost, there's more than a decade behind their conversation that they're having. And it's so real and it's so raw. And I mean, we're the age where we grew up with these people. And that. It seems so weird, but we've been wa- I've been watching them on my television since my formative years in terms of being a person, and I've watched them grow at the same time. Um, but in terms of the uh, production being too close to the cast, I think you probably hit on something. I mean, it, we talked about this with Camilla before, but they protected her until she no longer had uh, value to them because she got herself kicked off this, uh, Rose vs. Joe season. Uh, that's on as we're filming um, or recording. Uh, but <laughs> so it, it's a really interesting point that you bring up. I mean, and yeah, I, I think it's really, really interesting. And I think you're probably right. I'm not sure it's a super hot take. I think it's even beyond like protecting Camilla till she adds, loses value, which I definitely think was a huge part of it. But like 
it's hard. Like this is a random example, but like Corinne Kaplan, who does the brutal cast assessments with Rob, if she knows the person or has met them or spoken to them, she doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's like a larger element of that at play that like, if you know these people so well, like the producers of the bachelor are like good friends with the reoccurring people in bachelor nation. And like they appear on each other's Instagrams, like they're kicking it. And I just think it becomes harder to, light them on fire metaphorically in front of America when you know this person and it's like more personal than it is when they're on their first season of the real world or they're on their first season of the challenge. And maybe that's for the best. Like maybe these people are in better hands because of that. Cause there's a lot of criticism out there for how people on reality television are treated. But I do think it's really affecting the show and this season shows it maybe the most, or at least I'm awake to it in a way that I haven't been. Yeah. I think the like you said, the Camilla, the, the Tony issue. I mean, the way not saying that Bananas has done anything like this, but the way he acts and the way that he's protected on the show. Um, I watched the first five minutes of Pros vs. Joe's while we were getting ready to record, and he said something to um, the WWE uh, female superstar uh, who's on the show that just like like made my skin crawl. Like in a first interaction with her, and especially in the current climate where. You know, we're it's very much on the top of everyone's mind the way that men treat women. Um, but I feel like like I think you're probably right that the that the, the closeness of production to the cast makes them protect them in a way that they shouldn't be protected when they do bad things. Like if they get drunk one night and they fall down and it's really embarrassing for them and it doesn't make the show because that's embarrassing, whatever. Right. But when they do something that has an actual impact on the game and actually affects, it shows us who they are as a person. And it's not shown on this reality TV show where things stop getting polite and start getting real. <laughs> uh, that that's a problem. All right. So I'll take my one chili pepper, no news take. But, <laughs> uh, it's perfect that you talk about how, and I'm sorry for anyone who's looking for a fun podcast, this ain't it, Ugh. but <laughs> we'll try to have some fun. Um, Jenna, let's go right into the Jayla, Jayla segment. Um, I actually misspoke and said Jayla, but I was right. <laughs> so Jenna. Um, uh, I hated how this was handled. Like, I, I, it's like they snuck up on me. So they have Jemmy, for anyone who chose not to waste their time with this and is joining us now. Hopefully this won't be a time waster, but uh, Jemmy, Kayla and Jenna are the first segment after they get past TJ having nothing to say. Uh, and everything is fine. Like this is the first time I was like, all right, they're trying to make a me out of this. This isn't there. I felt this was probably the most stretched segment of the season. Mm -hmm. I mean, of the, of this part of the reunion to just mm -hmm. kind of say like, Jenna, aren't you mad that Jemmy owed you from the double cross? And it's like, no, no one gives a shit. Okay. Right. The problem is when desperate for content, Miz starts asking other people one by one why they like Kayla, why they like Jenna more than Kayla. Yeah, that was really gross. Um, and the way that it came off to me is like, all right, here's Brittany and here's Marie and here's Nicole. These are the women who we're not going to be able to talk to during this finale because they didn't really do anything interesting during this season. Um, and I know Nicole had a question last week about like puzzles, whatever, but that's, and it felt to me like they wanted to 
get to everybody. So they got to those three women at that time. And they were like, all right, now trash this other woman, trash this person. Tell us why you don't like her. And it's like that. That's gross. That felt really weird. And kudos to like everyone besides Brittany, I guess, who basically, I mean, it was awkward for all the reasons you're saying, but also because all of them basically said like, they don't, they just don't really know Kayla. Like, I mean, even Brittany said that to a certain extent, but she's going to take, you know, the five seconds she's given. Um, But like, Miz is like trying to start shit and everyone's like, well, I've known Jenna for 10 years. Uh, I just met Kayla this season. Right. And uh, on the topic of Brittany, her saying that, um, uh, that, uh, that they were, that I think it was Kayla was a human centipede up Jenna's ass. I think that was the way that went. And I don't think that, uh, Brittany has seen human centipede because that's not how that works, but that's okay. <laughs> that's really okay. Um, well, while we're on that subject, I was actually really human centipedes. Into- <laughs> on Britney, not oh, really sorry, getting sorry. it. No, <laughs> Kayla, I was really impressed with her for a hot second. It was like maybe five seconds that, that lasted when she's like, why does it bother you? Like, why do you hate me? Because I alienate myself. Like what's basically coming out here is either it kind of seems like Kayla uh, just doesn't make time to get to know people. People take it as her being like acting above them. And she claims she's just kind of like more reserved. Whatever the real reason, she addresses Brittany directly while she's like going off about human centipede bullshit and says, like, why do you care that I'm like this? And Brittany gets stun cold for like 12 (laughs) milliseconds. And then she's just like gets loud in response. Like, if you let me effing finish, like, no, you were not going to address that. You have absolutely no reason to hate her. And you just got caught with your very, very cheap dress down. Mm -hmm. And and then. I just wanted Kayla to sit in silence for 15 seconds and let that sink in that Brittany had nothing to say. And then instead she takes like the low hanging fruit of like, I think you should be in the audience because you weren't really on the show. And then she lost me. Yep. No, it was a remarkable uh, moment of self-awareness on Kayla, who hasn't really shown us much self-awareness up to this point uh, when she realized like, this is why people don't like me. And even though I'm on a social game, I'm not going to do anything to fix that, I guess. Um, that's fine. And, uh, I said this in college and I stand by it. Like I'm extremely self-aware and then I absolutely ignore everything I learned about myself. So <laughs> I think that's fine with me. Like, yeah, for everyone who like says shit about the podcast, it's stuff I, I know and I'm not going to change it. So me and Kayla have that. So, so take that listeners. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, what do you think about them having nothing really on the season to talk to bananas about, but going to bananas to kind of just get an education in challenge alliances An education and challenge alliances in a season where his alliance didn't really, I mean, I guess they, they stuck together, but like he didn't get himself to the end of the game. So it was an interesting time uh, to go to chat, to go to bananas. But I think that you're, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. They needed to give bananas a segment because they're tight with bananas and they know, people like bananas so they got him a segment they shoehorned it into the finale and then here we are it's crazy i yeah i this was like just kind of fine um they're going to everyone to get stupid little tidbits who they want to get uh an opportunity to talk in so bananas no surprise there like you're saying but do you get the sense that bananas is constantly playing the game and and to his credit but I thought his response here about alliances like really rang of like he's already playing the next season. You mean how the only true alliance is Hunter, Corey and Nelson? 
how they, yeah. they were they're the best alliance in the house bazinga <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's like sure whatever you say buddy if you want to take that route that's fine but i think that you're right uh he's putting a target on their back before the next season even starts or actually probably after the next season's already ended but before the next next season even starts and the principle that bananas is like only relationships the only relationships that matter are the ones that are outside the house so like you're saying nelson and hunter but then he later says that leroy is one of his best friends so i feel like the people on the show are not on his level enough to like make that connection um, for the most part, right. but it was not lost on this brilliant podcaster typing away, <laughs> toiling over Microsoft Word. That's right. You. That's oh, and I think he just really wants people to be his friend. That's what I got from that. And who doesn't want that? So that's fine. Yeah, and if Sarah was only his true friend outside Ugh. the house, he wouldn't have taken her money. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Uh, so they spent like 15 seconds on the Leroy Veronica vote. I totally forgot this happened. How did I forget that? Um, but basically Leroy says he was blindsided and they do nothing to talk about breaking down the vote. So we will never um, hear anyone even rec. I would, I don't care if they fault Tony or if they recognize Tony for really being the one who forced that vote, but mm-hmm. okay. Yep. Uh, they'll, you know, they they didn't want to talk about that. They want to talk about Leroy getting blindsided. And I, I don't really know. I think Veronica had it right that she didn't know Leroy anything. So why does she care that he got blindsided? Um, yeah. And I honestly, at this point, I didn't really care either. So we're right. on the same boat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of never cared, um, I loved this. I will. I have to say. I loved them popping up Kara's shit talking tweets and being like, "So, what's the tea?" Mm-hmm. And it's Kara, it also Kara's like, uh, "Please let me have a segment where I can fully cut ties with Camilla, so that people know I am not with her on everything she did this season." Like, let me just say that, please. It's I'm just going to shoehorn it in. I just said shoehorn. Yeah. Uh, and but I'm going to put this in to the world, and I need it to be in the show. Please and thank you. I see. I think she failed. Like, I, I know I know she got the sound bites, but I think she like really failed to take the stance she needed against needed to against Camilla or sorry, the stance I wanted her to take right. against Camilla. The stance she should have taken. Uh, that she should have wanted to take that. I yes. also wanted her. To there take. we are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't tweet to me that you have piping hot tea if the tea is like even too cold for a hot summer day in the <laughs> South. Like this was the most disappointing shit ever. And I have to read the Twitter segments. So I knew that you said this and I, you know, fool me once, Tara. <laughs> next season, I'm not going to buy it. Um, like she basically just starts this nonsensical fight with Kayla um, over stupid, stupid shit. Marie's saying, like, clearly you don't have tea. She's like, I can't even say the tea because you're fighting with me, and then continues the fight. Um, one thing I thought was strange out of this Car and Maria thing, Car and Maria and Kayla thing, who do you think won that fight? Tori. <laughs> Tori won the fight by saying nothing at all, by, like, actively hiding uh, behind... Um. Yeah. When uh, the Miz wanted to go to her for a question, um. So the thing that was weird about this fight is Car starts it by saying, you know, we had this alliance, and if you take me out, then that's good on you. Like we had this five-person alliance, and if they took me out, that's fine. 
And then, but, but we saw it clearly was not fine. You saw it both on the show and tonight on the reunion. Because on the show, she was salty with Jordan for, and when she was still in the Redemption House and had a chance to get back. And then tonight, she's yelling at Kayla about turning her back on the Alliance. And it's like, that you're obviously not good with it, with them taking you out. Yeah, no, this was like, I don't even, I mean, I, I do believe that Kara's still salty about it, but like, I thought this fight was like a pure stall until she didn't have to talk about what tea she didn't have. Yeah, and, and it it very much was just like, uh, you know, I can get loud too, you know, and they, like <laughs> one of them started yelling and then the other started yelling and it just wasn't, and everyone just kept yelling over each other and then Marie chimes in for some reason because she wanted screen time and then nothing got resolved and nobody looked good. Yeah, uh, I do like how CT finally is like the one who gives a little bit of information to say like, okay, well, like Kayla called someone called Kayla to do Cara. Um, and then the Miz brought up the workout tips and you're an actual lawyer. Uh, yeah, I'm not lawyer in training over there. <laughs> I, I do not hold myself out to be a lawyer. I should make that clear. Um, it's important. Uh, Please correct me if I'm wrong, but Kayla, you have no claim against Akara. You have no claim against Kayla using your image because MTV owns your image. Yeah, I don't know anything. (laughs) MTV should sue for Kayla using a screenshot of the challenge in her workout video. No, you do not own that, Akara. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about trademark law or anything like that. I, I, you know, that's fine. Um, but I, I feel like. You probably are right on that. That, I mean, but you know, sending a cease and desist letter is always a good way to get your point across. Or not even sending a cease and desist letter. It sounds like she just called her and threatened legal action. And what's, I mean, what's Kayla going to do about that? Um, this sounds like legal advice, Jonathan. And I think that I'm, any of our listeners might be that. your accidental client. I'm um, disclaiming <laughs> anything that I just said. I did not say anything. All right. Uh, moving swiftly on. Um, I did get mad because I thought like every time something was going to be like a good moment, like Kayla asking Brittany directly why she hates her and having nothing and CT saying Kayla uh, was said to be the new Kara. Everything seemed to just be like interrupted. Like Ammo was like, I'm the new Kara. And while funny, like I wanted Kara to address that. Like I wanted the tea to be spilled, not Maria and Kayla and Kara to fight. Like everyone needs to just shut up. And let the action roll, even if they're not a part of it. I know it's hard. Trust me, I know it's hard. I just feel like there probably wasn't any tea. And so, I mean, if there was anything, Kara would have gotten to it eventually, right? And that never happened. It would have shown it. So, I just yeah, but feel let's like... not fill that time. Like, let's let Kara flounder and be like, okay, oh, I got nothing. Let's let her sit there in silence and say like, oh, well, I guess you don't have much. And silence is power, baby. Not on a <laughs> podcast, but... <laughs> Maybe not on my television either. (laughs) All right, let's talk Tony. You ready to talk Tony? Okay. (laughs) Fine. All right. So unlike the television show that airs the stupid drunk fight with Kara that means absolutely nothing today, and then talk about the makeout, let's just go right to the makeout, because do you give a shit about this fight with Kara and Tony? I didn't even remember that it happened. And then they showed it, and I still don't remember that it happened. Uh, the one thing I learned is that Tony doesn't know what a microaggression is because I, like when you get in someone's face, it's not a microaggression. That's just aggression. That's just aggression. I, I don't know. Someone taught Tony a big word and now he thinks he's woke. And, <laughs> and here's where we are. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk Tony and Camilla only because we aired the car shit on the show. We haven't talked to Camilla. Yeah. I don't know where to start, though. I know I want to start with this, but I don't know where amongst the shit to start. I also want to know where he, uh, back to the Cara fight really quick. I want to know where he was we keeping We just that. agreed to not talk about but, it. But, 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 but I want to know where he was keeping that donut. It was really weird that there was a donut all of a sudden. I'm really sorry. Well, we can move on now. Um, it didn't look like a fresh donut. It, I, I would hope so, but we're, uh, that's fine. Um, and car roping and Shane at the same time was also like, uh, you guys, uh, might be some genetic stuff going on there. Um, but anyway, on the, um, <laughs> on this, everything that happened with Camilla, it was just, horribly uncomfortable what they did there. Tony clearly didn't want to talk about it. That's fine. Tony's girlfriend. Do we know Alyssa? Was she on? Was she the yeah. one on Skeletons? Yes. Okay. I, and if Brian were here, he would say, wait, 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 wait. So there's that. In tribute. Okay. Um, people are going to think that you just like glitched out and that the, the voice repeated like five times in a row. Um, people are going to think nothing because it's a staple of this podcast. That too. Um, <laughs> that's fine. If you haven't seen the scene, there's a really, really actually great moment. Like the first time Brian did it, I was just annoyed by it. But like then I went back and watched the scene and it's really fucking funny when... Uh, Alyssa rings the doorbell. Tony sees who it is. Oh, and, yes, yeah, And yeah, says, yeah, wait, yeah. like 600 times. It's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Recommend. Um, but yeah, I, I, Alyssa clearly, I mean, I don't know why she showed up, but she clearly didn't want to talk about it. Um, but yeah, but, but we're going to talk about it. And I, do you just want to skip straight to the point Kara was making about him or do you want to stick yeah, on? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't mind. I don't have to talk about this. Like, that's fine. They're back together. They're not together. I really don't care. So I'm on the same page as Tony and Alyssa here. Um, I completely, and I think the reason I want to skip Kara and Tony's issue is because, I mean, Kara looks terrible. I'm not going to defend her in that incident. Tony looks terrible. Because, like, I agree with you. Like, you know, she's, she had a f- bit of a sense of humor about it as your 60 year old mom, but like, um, like she doesn't need to diagnose them. That's for us to do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, whatever. And Tony <laughs> came off like made an apology. Okay. The Tony and Camilla actual hookup. That's between Alyssa and Tony. That's fine. Whatever. Yep. I completely agree with everything Cara said about the double standard. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, you can't. The Cara <sighs> and the, the, the we talked, you guys talked, you and Brian talked about this last week where with the Tori and Corey uh, conversation where Tori is villainized for her uh, relationships or lack thereof. And Corey is celebrated and nominated to the Hookup Hall of Fame. And I feel like this is the exact, it's a very similar thing. I think Cara was very insightful about mentioning that there's a double standard here, a very clear double standard between the way the cast, I'm not sure it's the show because the show can only do what the cast gives them. Right. But the way that the cast deals with, um, let's call them indiscre- uh, you know, indiscretions in relationships, um, between certain people and other people. Uh, do you feel like, do you feel like I'm onto something there? A hundred percent. I completely agree. I think looping in the Tori and Corey thing from last week is right on point. Um, 
what Tori did didn't even happen on the show. Right. And where is the Miz saying to Alyssa, Alyssa, haven't you seen the show? You're on the show with Tony. What do you expect? Like what, you know, whatever they said about Tony, like you should have known better. That's right. what it was. Right. Like, is he husband material? Is right. Like we don't, we don't have any of uh, Tony's exes who we know exist. Uh, Madison, right. She's a person um, <laughs> like she's not being brought on to MTV to talk about whether, uh, whether Tony is husband material right now. Uh, so what? Yeah, I get the I mean, banana steps. up. So, like, I totally agree with Cara. And I think the issue is nobody's there who's willing to speak for Cara. And when you're speaking for yourself, it just like seems defensive and people mm-hmm. check out on you. But like she cheated on her boyfriend in the same literally in an eerily similar way. And people still talk about it. And Tony repeatedly cheats on his and like this is not to pass judgment on Alyssa still being with Tony or anyone who cheats in their relationship in the circumstance. The bottom line is, is we have a perfect case study between Cara Maria at cheating on her boyfriend and Tony cheating on his girlfriend in the exact same way. And the America's reaction is different. The cast reaction is different. The aftermath is different. Like, and, and the way that MTV treats it via the host of the reunion is different. So anybody who says that there isn't a double standard I don't understand the point. And I think bananas like very stupid distinction is just that very stupid. Yeah. And and we also saw this last season. We have another case study where Jenna, uh, I don't remember who it was she hooked up with, but then uh, Zach shows up all of a sudden and the show makes a big deal out of this. Um, I'm remembering that right. Right. Where yeah, she hooked up with Bruno when her and, on yeah. a plane when her and Zach were not together. Yeah. And we're still like calling her out for this and saying why this is how this is such a bad thing that she did. Um, and yeah, Banana's defense was basically uh, saying like, oh, well, Kara was in a relationship she wanted to get out of and Tony's in a relationship she wants to stay. And it's like, uh, Bananas, how about you don't get to decide who you break up and who you don't? <laughs> Let's not. Let's not do that. And I wish bananas. I mean, I could like if I had a dollar for every time I said I wish bananas uh, told the truth about his intentions, I wouldn't be podcasting for free. I don't know. (laughs) But like literally. uh, Bananas should just say, like, you know, I wasn't friends with you and it was better strategy for my game to blow up your shit with Abram when he came when he arrived. And uh, I'm friends with Tony. Like, I disagreed with the sentiment that all the guys covered it up for Tony and nobody covered up for her. Like, I don't think that's a gender issue. Like, I think it's that Kara is generally unliked mm-hmm. and Bananas doesn't like her. And so Bananas blew her shit up for his own benefit on the show and her detriment. So, like, I wish he just said that, like, I don't like you, so I didn't care. And I like Tony, so I didn't want to screw with him. There's a small argument to be made about the kid involved, like. Okay, like I don't necessarily fault the cast for not blowing it up in their interviews. Like, who gives it? Like, it's gonna get brought up. Like, you don't need to out it in either circumstance. And I get it. If there's like a kid involved, you know, you don't want to be talking about someone who has two kids and you know whatever else. Yeah. But I agree with Cara that it's like that's on Tony to decide how he acts when he has kids. Yeah, and I mean Tony's a grown up. Doesn't act like it, but Tony's a grown up, and. If he makes these decisions, I, I don't know why the cast is going out of their way to protect him. Because you know the show wanted this 
to want to material out of this. And the cast made, and especially the, I assume, the powerful members of the cast, the Bananas and that crew, made the active decision to not let this be a thing on the TV show. And they know how to do that at this point. Yeah, I, that's true. Um, but I, I just think that that element isn't a double standard, what the cast decides yeah. to do. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. That's just a, like you said, that's a personal relationship thing. I'm not, I don't think it necessarily has to do with the fact that Carr is a woman and Tony's a man. Um, were, were you surprised by Alyssa's reaction uh, when she jumped in here? You'll have to remind me. So Alyssa basically, like, she can be heard as soon as Kara says something about this. You could hear Alyssa chirping, like, let me talk. Please let me talk. Please can I say something? And then they, like, finally go to her. And she basically is just like, I don't understand. He apologized to me. I'm over it. Like, we're together. Why does everyone keep attacking Tony on social media and Twitter? And so, like, I was kind of stunned by her reaction. Like, I kind of wish that Alyssa was like, yeah, it's not fair that Kara got berated. Tony apologized to me. I move on. Kara can work it out with Abram and they can move on. Like, I, I just thought it was like a double standard on Alyssa's part for being like, stop attacking Tony. Like, that's not what Kara was saying. Although I kind of more thought like Kara wanted Tony treatment. It turns out that Kara really just wanted Tony to also get lambasted, which I think is like maybe the wrong argument to make. I, I mean, I, I think that she agreed to that at the end of the segment, like out of frustration. I, I think Kara would have preferred to have gotten the Tony treatment if I had to, you know, imagine what her uh, preferred outcome is. You know, if if she could go back two years, she probably would have preferred the show to not talk about her and Tom at all. Um, well, I don't think Tony. I mean, they showed it and they showed it more than once. Like, I don't want to make it seem like they, right, no, they yeah, covered yeah, this yeah. up. <laughs> but it became a big a big storyline. Yeah, that's true. But I was also kind of, uh, it was kind of weird to me, the reaction from the rest of the cast on this conversation, uh, where Marie jumps in, Veronica jumps in, especially surprised at Veronica, um, basically saying, like, we are not with Cara Maria on this. Veronica jumps in and says, I mean, Veronica, who probably is not well-versed in challenge history, jumps in and says, if the same thing happened to Cara Maria, uh, I'm sure that her female friends would have in there for her and helped her cover it up, which we saw was not the case because the big guy in the corner, Bananas, got to make it a storyline all on. So, yeah, I think Kara's main and best point got missed here, and I I really sympathize with Kara as she kept like going deeper and deeper into this because like you're not gonna win, and it just sucks because she's just less liked, and maybe Tony can get away with being likable despite his indiscretions, as you said because he's generally a more likable person. Maybe it's also because he's a dude. Maybe it's also like, maybe there's this underlying like sexism. This is how you expect dudes to act mm -hmm. bros. And maybe it's cause like, he's just more charismatic than her. Like she's just not a like, like I don't have anything I dislike about her, but I don't like her. Um, and so like, she's making all of these logical points, but her main and best argument, I think, is missed as she continues to go. And then what's w the worst thing about it is because because uh, like I think Veronica and Marie were more pushing back on like the double standard of how the people acted in the house. Mm -hmm. um, and like 
when when Tony just ends the segment and gets the last word on like, thank you, Kara, for doing what you did, because if you didn't expose us, our bond wouldn't have been as strong, which like he just told us is not what happened. Like uh, Alyssa didn't find out. Tony didn't even bother to tell her until a troll like leaked a screen cap to her online. And that wasn't Kara. So now right. he's getting the final word as like, I'm better than this. And thank you, Kara. And my relationship is strong. And like, I'm her. I'm like clenching my fists. But like, I mean, good on Tony for being Teflon here again and yep. coming out on top somehow. So if you're Kara in this situation, what do you think is your most like if you had it to summarize your argument in a paragraph or less? What do you think is that most logical, most concrete argument that she should have made? I think the best argument is what she started with, which is like, I did the exact same thing as you and I don't stop hearing about it from the audience, from MTV, from bananas. And you've done it more than once and it just goes away for you. That's a double standard. Yep. Nailed it. Um, Yeah. Anything, anything you, uh, no, I mean, I think, I think uh, whatever you're words totally for right. Yeah. I, I think that's right. Um, what, where do you stand on the child thing? Like, do you think that that gives Tony sort of like a pass for what should be exposed or not? Uh-huh. I mean, it's so. The answer is, I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't have kids. Uh, my, none of my friends have kids. Um, but it just feels like you've made this decision to go on a television show, right? Like, and you can't use that as a shield to protect your own bad acts. Um, because that's not fair to the show. It's not fair to your fellow cast members. And it's really not fair to the people you left at home um, to use them as as a mechanism to prevent yourself from facing criticism for your own wrongdoings or what people perceive as wrongdoings. Um, at the same time, there are your kids or yeah, your kids and your girlfriend, who is the mother of one of your children at home. And you don't want to, and if you're MTV, you don't want to mess up the personal life or not the personal life. You don't want to mess up the family life of this child. Um, but I, I, it, I, my basic thought is you, uh, I just lost it. Um, my, I think the, the, my conclusion is I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. I see both sides. It's a tough situation because, right, because, like, we don't want to be, like, forget MTV. Like, you and I don't want to be like, no, expose all of this. Fuck this kid's family up. Like, it's a hard position to take and get behind. But, like, you're saying, like, you signed up for this. Alyssa was on The Real World. Tony's other, uh, the mother of his other child was also on The Real World. Tony returns to the challenge. Tony's brother's on the challenge. Like, you know, the challenge is paying for those diapers. Like mm-hmm. you're on there. You chose this. Like you chose to get the fame and the money that go along with the show it to trade your 
sense some sense of privacy for Mm -hmm. and it bothers me when people like Alyssa are like this is our private life like you don't have a private life you know what I mean like you do to a certain extent but what Tony does on the challenge no longer is your private life right um and because he signed away the rights to that in the big long contract that I'm sure he didn't read um and like Darrell has kids Derek has kids CT has kids if any of them, you know, people show up married in relationships, whatever you cheat on the show, it gets shown. You talk to your kid on the phone about a soccer game. It gets shown like that's that's what it is. It's a TV show. Um, so. Sorry about it, but at the end of the day, like Tony's actions are Tony's actions, and I don't you know, he's the one who, you know, Camilla says to him when they're making out like you have a lot to think about. And he's like, I have nothing to think about. And mm-hmm. that's. That's what Tony said. And if we're saying that drunk Camilla says what drunk Camilla means, what sober Camilla <laughs> means, there you go. This is how Tony is. Um, I'm ready to put Tony to bed now and not yes, in the way that would lead Ugh. him to a third child. Yeah. Gross. So many notes about this. Um, okay. So as the Miz says, Camilla's not there, but they still want to address the racist incidents head on. For the so first time. put your helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sorry. Uh, the way that MTV did this, we talked about this at the top, but it's like, oh, Camilla is not here because turns out she's actually a really terrible person. And we recently discovered this. Um, and so we're going to talk about this thing that happened on the show, even though we made the conscious decision to not show the worst of what she did on the show. And it, it feels. Like, you don't have to have her there to defend herself. I'm not on, like, I don't need that. But it feels like an odd choice to have this conversation for the first time when she's not there. Interesting. Why? I mean, because they could have shown on the show. They could have shown her side of this incident on the show. I am sure that there is tape of her in the confessional booth saying, I can't believe I did this. Uh, This isn't me. Blah, 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 blah. All these things that all these people are now saying in the real world when they're accused of terrible things. Um, and to not even let her give her the opportunity to say that when I'm sure the opportunity was there feels irresponsible on MTV's part. You seem to disagree with me. <sighs> I don't think she has a side, right? Like there definitely was a confessional. I think when she returns and like talks to Tony about it, where she like, doesn't even remember what happened. And she says something to the effect of like, I love Leroy. Like, I don't feel that way or something. Like, Mm -hmm. I do think she did get that moment on the show. And I don't feel like there's a side for her. Like I actually liked that. I don't like how they didn't explain why she wasn't there. Um, but I liked that it was all from Leroy's perspective. Um, that's fair. No, that's really fair. Word. Yeah. And because if she was there, all she would be doing is saying, that's not me. You know me. That's not me. I'm working on myself. I've grown. I'm doing the Camilla Nader challenge. And like Leroy, we're cool. And Leroy would be like, yeah. And I don't think that th- anything that was said would have been said in the same way. That That's all really fair. And, I mean, I just, I I don't think that she deserves to have her voice amplified at this point or probably at any point in the future about this topic, but it still felt like a weird, I don't, it's not even, 
I want to say it's a weird journalistic choice, but obviously this is not journalism. Um, so yeah. And that makes, that makes sense. Like, I mean, well, part of it is you want her to be hearing this, right? But like the other part is, yeah, she's not, I I did get a a pang here and there of like, it's strange that she's not here to defend herself. Like, that's just like a principle. You usually don't talk about people unless they're there to defend themselves, unless you have a podcast. But, um, like, the, it basically resolved itself as like Camilla's racist deep down. Everybody said that. Every everyone agreed, and Kara, like who's supposed to defend her, is just like. I mean, first of all, I hated how she's like Leroy's the nicest guy here, which is basically like a big butt is on its way, mm-hmm. you know. And she was just surprised that it was Leroy that she attacked racially. Like if it was Nelson, Nelson's not that right. nice. It'd be fine, right? Leroy's the nicest guy here. But if he wasn't, he would totally deserve this. Am I right? <laughs> like, come on. And then basically she's doing a reevaluation. So, I mean, kudos to Kara for not being like, I know her and she's not racist. Um, but it is when it's something like this and the footage wasn't shown. Yeah. OK, like maybe she shouldn't. It shouldn't just be left on the reunion that like she's racist to her core and she's not here. So just agree. Um, but I didn't mind at all that she wasn't there. Yeah. No, I, I think that's fair. And it definitely was something that had to be addressed. Like they, it would have also been irresponsible of them to not address it. So MTV, by making the decision they did in the show, by not really addressing it and not really going into the worst of what was done, put themselves in this position where I don't think they could really have made a good decision either way of how to deal with it now. And I, it did bother me though. And again, I'm glad they like you're saying, like treated it um, in some way. But the Miz was not asking the interesting questions. Like, where was the question of like, why did you guys continue to act like nothing happened? Like, where was her being voted in? Devin's the only one who said remotely, like, if there was a vote, we would have voted her in. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, he, he should have asked, like, why did you guys not establish social consequences? Do you think she should have been sent home? Like, um, but I do like that at least like the final line from Leroy is like, you know, we've all done shit and we've learned from it. I've learned from it. See, look at CT. Camilla does this every season. Like, and that's so true. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to this extent, obviously, but she does the blow her gasket, yell at people, start throwing things, thing to, and at a Tony level um, where it seems like it's every single season this happens it's part, she's the camillinator this is part of her core this is her character um and yeah it's i'm glad we're not going to be subjected to it for at least a while and the other thing too is like this reunion taped after the blow up with champs v stars mm-hmm. and like who knows how they would have treated this before yep and and i know you and brian have talked about that we've talked about that uh it's disconcerting that this didn't get shown until she fell out of favor with MTV. Right. And uh, what's even more disconcerting is she might not actually be out of favor with them for good. Like she's saying that it's a rumor that she's permanently banned. Um, and I've heard through the grapevine that uh, she might just be on a hiatus until things quiet down. Oh, that would be great. But um, on just... I got a kind of a whiplash effect. I don't know how you felt between these two segments that we just talked about, the double standard segment uh, and the racism segment, where it, on this segment, MTV did all they could to 
amplify victims' voices in a way that was good and the way that it should be done. And in the last segment, they made sure to quiet Kara's uh, voice. Um, they made sure that the segment ended with everyone telling Kara she was wrong and Kara is on an island by herself after speaking up about what she perceived as something that was either sexist or misogynistic or a combination of the both of both. Um, What did you feel about that? Yeah, I actually think that's really interesting to point out as I was watching this, I did kind of get the feeling that MTV has come further than most reality shows in terms of casting, uh, having diverse cast both are you the one and Leroy mentioned on the show like usually it's only one black person one Mm -hmm. black man one black woman this is a pretty diverse cast like I think highlighting that is great and MTV has shown that you know you can have these diverse casts and have these hit shows and like they're more interesting because of it and not less and blah 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 and all the other reasons that other series may only have you know token cast minority casting um but as far as MTV has come um with diversity and casting and, and I mean, I can't say like they've come so far with like race relations because of freaking Camilla and everything, but I don't think they've come as far with understanding fair treatment of women on these shows. And I'm not saying they're per- like, okay, case, case closed on the racial issue, but like the way they treated the Jenna and Kayla bit, the questions they asked Jenna, the questions they asked women on the show. I actually thought you were going to the Anissa and Veronica segment uh, when you said about amplifying or not amplifying victims' voices. Like, I think there were so many gender issues throughout this <laughs> This this part of the reunion, um, and I think like you flagging like okay, they're amplifying Leroy's voice. I mean that's a cut and dry issue. Maybe yeah. like to, to their credit, the Leroy thing's a cut and dry issue. The car double standard, not everyone agrees with, and I think she made some not good points that got picked up on, and that's fair. But overall, I just think the treatment of women on this section of the reunion was questionable at best. Yeah, I I totally agree with everything you just said. I feel like I took it to a different place. If you want to go back to your no, no, that I mean, that's where I was at. Also, with this is just that they did so like, and I mean, you say that uh, the racism is a cut and dry issue. Um, I I would like to believe that. I'm not sure I actually do believe it. Um, And I mean, I in terms of how it's perceived by everybody in this country as opposed to the world that we live in. Um, but I, I just feel like, yes, the double standard issue is less cut and dry, but that makes it even more important for them to listen and believe Kara when she says, this is how I felt. And this is how I felt victimized. Right. I mean, just because like, they didn't need to, to come to their defense, to their own defense, when someone is saying, I think that you guys did something wrong, just because it's not, it's not easy for them to acknowledge that they did something wrong. Yeah, and I think part of that goes to Camilla's not likable. Camilla has a history of, um, Camilla, sorry, Ugh, putting well, my also own true. stuff into it. But Kara's not likable. Kara has a history of complaining about, you know what I mean? Like, uh, she's constantly complaining about shit. Um, people generally just don't like her and they didn't agree with all the points she was making. And I think frankly, MTV doesn't agree with her. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that MTV doesn't agree with her. And therefore they made sure to, or they made sure that the edit buried her. Um, because I do think she had some people agreeing with her. I think I, I, Nicole was nodding her head along. I don't know if obviously we can't know if there was anything vocalized, but I think that some people up on that stage agreed with Kara. And those, if those opinions were indeed expressed, they were not shown on the show. Fair enough. Um, that would have been interesting. I was wondering, I did notice Nicole nodding, and I was wondering if anybody maybe jumped in and they just didn't make it, but probably not. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to Nisa and Veronica because I think this is a really interesting issue. Um, and this happened, this Kayla and, uh, sorry, Anissa and Veronica segment really reminds me of the segment in, I want to say it was uh, Invasion with, yeah, it must have been Invasion. That was Kayla's first season. Mm-hmm. With Corey and Kayla where, like, Corey is rejecting Kayla sexually and Kayla is like the major aggressor. And I said on the show, if this were the reverse, we would be a gas. And I think if Anissa were a man, this conversation would have been a lot different. And I think Veronica tried to kind of say that like this, a painful scene for me. I'm very vulnerable, but I'm fine. And like, you know, where was the call out of Anissa's actions in an aggressive way, putting her in, you know, she was saying no as friends, blah, blah, blah. They were drunk. Like if this were Corey to Anissa or Corey to Veronica, we would be having a completely different conversation. I think Veronica, while genuinely pissed about airing the Rachel thing, that's like an easier thing to talk about causing pain than this sort of like sexual misconduct activity that's not a word but you know what I mean. yeah um i think that's a really good point and it's not something that i actually picked up on um when i was watching so i'm, I'm glad you brought that up um but yeah if if it's obviously not if the rules were flipped but if the uh if the if anisa were a man maybe we're yeah looking at this differently so what were you reacting to during this scene? What's the, the takeaway from the Veronica Anissa segment? I was really interested in the outing conversation that was going on. Um, it's obviously a very sensitive topic, like all of the topics we've been talking about <laughs> so far. Um, but. I mean, so I honestly didn't even remember that we didn't know that Rachel and Veronica were a thing before this season or that MTV hadn't shown it. Cause it, it's probably just because of how long this season has been. that It feels like it's something that has been internalized in me for my entire <laughs> life. Um, but like, I didn't realize, like I thought we knew that uh, I thought we knew that, that Veronica was a uh, lesbian or however she chose to identify before this season. But that conversation uh, hit close to home for me. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting um, the way that, 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 that those dynamics um, played out and that MTV, again, chose to, sh- chose to air that when they didn't have to, when there, it didn't contribute really to any storyline that was going on that needed to be shown. Um, MTV, for everything that we've seen, was really good to Veronica and Rachel. 
when they didn't want their uh, private lives to be public. And obviously, 10 years ago, when this all was going on, was a very, very, very different time um, on these issues. But it was still like, if, if Veronica didn't want to be outed on the air, this is obviously, uh, this came up in Survivor um, and Game Changers, obviously, also. But if Veronica didn't want to be outed in the, on the air and it didn't contribute to any storyline in any way, why was Veronica outed on the air? See, that's really interesting because talk about an underlying issue I didn't pick up on. Like I, when it, she kept saying outing, I wasn't sure if she meant outing as in like I dated a woman and that might define my sexual identity. You know what that might contribute to how people define me or how I define myself. Or is it outing as in like I had a relationship with another person on the cast that I didn't want people to know about. And that relationship was private. Like obviously the fact that it was a woman probably plays more of a role than I was even picking up on. Right. When we were watching it. So it's like very funny how we were watching the same scene <laughs> and keying in on two different things. Yeah, I just feel like with Veron- the Veronica and Rachel conversation, if she- I mean, obviously, I'm not her. I don't know what she was reacting to and how she felt. But I feel like if 10 years ago or however long ago it was, if she didn't want her and Rachel's relationship to be public, it was because she didn't w- want the world she didn't or she didn't need the world to know that about her which is totally fair right. and obviously that's totally fair um but it's it's so i feel like when we're talking about whether it's the fact that not the fact the um perception that um she's not straight or potentially not straight um because she's had a relationship with a woman um or it goes hand in hand with the fact that she didn't want her relationship with uh, Rachel broadcast all those years ago. Yes. Um, And it's also interesting. There's so much to tease out here in this like five second moment, but Veronica kind of accuses it, not kind of Veronica accuses Anissa of purposely trying to make it a storyline for her on the show, Mm -hmm. um, which is like very meta to kind of talk about these characters, like these people, as character talking about each other as characters mm-hmm. and Anissa kind of gives it right back to her and denying it and says like you waited this long to talk to me till we're on stage here like we had talked two days before the episode aired if you were upset about that you had my number and you waited to make it a story on the reunion and like I just think that like sort of meta aspect of it is also very almost surreal, like hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. It's something that you're not going to see on any other, on any non MTV reality shows that, that intensive a conversation about the motivations of, uh, characters on the show and in their making decisions. Um, so after what has become a very, very heavy discussion, (laughs) wait, um, did someone get, did someone win this season? Yeah. Whoa. Um, with just enough time to spare, as expected, this was uh, just a very quick, here are the winners, and we're done. Congrats, everyone. Um, so they do the poll. Uh, first, they, they stall with who won by applause. Totally non-distinguishable applause. And then and Cara's like, can we just have them vote on who won? And then she loses the applause vote, and it was so sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was pretty a classic. Um See, it's just like nothing she could, there's really nothing she, she could do. It's she a can't shame. win. Yeah. Um, literally and figuratively. Oh, oh. So 
TJ and Jordan win. Uh, they pull the double cross. Congrats to TJ and Jordan. Um, with Car and Tara coming in second, and for people who forgot from last week, Tori and CT coming in third. Um, very funny to get this scene with TJ. PJ Gahan wants to know, I need an analysis on TJ's Brazilian accent when he talks to Bananas after pulling the winner's <laughs> double cross. Yeah, I mean... It's a weird thing that MTV decided to do to have the double cross pull for the win when their winner wasn't going to be on stage. Like you had to have a better way to do that. Like, but having TJ do that and the impression was uh, was pretty good TV. Um, yeah, I thought it was cute. That was funny. Um, one thing we lose here with this like anti spoiler thing is like we didn't talk about how Jordan won with broken knee, but yeah. Uh, Whatevs. Uh, yeah. Do, do we ever get a diagnosis on that? Can we just diagnose him right now? Uh, he said, I, he said it in some tweet sometime. Like he had like a fracture, no ligament. He goes back and forth. I think he said okay. he was at like 60% when he was competing. Okay. That was like a lot of not information, but you know. That's, that's, you know, that's not very many percents to be winning a challenge. So good on him. Um, all right, so then we get the horrifying news that there is a part three to this reunion. Uh, Carr on Twitter said, can you believe there's a part three to this reunion? No, and I refuse. I choose not to acknowledge it, <laughs> just like MTV with Camilla not being at the reunion or Dario. Um, also not at the reunion, correct. Yeah, well, he was there. He was just not acknowledged. Oh, no, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I was trying to make um, a joke. It didn't go well. Uh, no so I mean it's late I'm sorry I'm sorry Um, (laughs) so yeah just to be clear we will not be podcasting about the backstage of the reunion they didn't even tease you know MTV they had one interesting thing they would have aired in in that commercial Uh, I will watch it if anything interesting happens and I need to do a 911 podcast I will I will not have to do that this is the end I've confirmed with Brian we are done uh, so just wanted to get that out of the way before I get tweets about it. <laughs> Don't at her. She doesn't yeah. want that. Um, all right. So quick note before we get to the tweeter, um, Michael Duncan wants me to put out a, I think worthwhile PSA. He said might be worth telling listeners to be careful for the new season. Spoilers on Instagram. I only follow the MTV challenge account and the winners showed up in my discovery feed. So beware the challenge follow beware social media. Uh, apparently it is out there. Um, are we talking about challenge vendettas or challenge pros versus shows? We are talking. Oh, I, you know what? I don't know, but okay. either way, avoid it. Yeah. Avoiding, <laughs> avoiding social media is a good rule generally anyway. So, yeah. um, although if anybody gets spoiled, spoiled on the winner, from a reputable source. Don't tell me the spoiler, but do tell me because then we'll know that they didn't reveal the winner at the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it might actually be a reunion worth watching. Uh, and somebody asked me where they can get Vendetta spoilers to the cast of Vendettas without spoilers for the season. No, I can't give you that. If anybody uh, wants to give someone that. The, the challenge wiki page has it. Oh, without. Oh, beautiful. There we go. Joe Fo for your life. I'm here to help. All right. Thank you to our final five star reviews of the season. If you want to review us, I will not forget. And I will read them at the start of the next season we cover. 
that goes big thank you to JCSASD and P Pants Paul. Uh, what a great way to conclude the season. Thank you guys for your support. If you want to let us know what you thought about the 20 podcasts that happened here this season on RHAP, the Rehap Ups Network, you can go to robhasawebsite.com slash challenge iTunes. Subscribe. Are you the one still going? God knows how. Uh, and that's the best way to find out when we are back up and running for challenge vendettas. Um, uh, okay. On to the tweeter. So Megan Elizabeth working overtime, speaking of lawyers, um, sent us some tweets. So thanks girl. Um, yeah. Thank you. Special. Thank you this week, Megan Elizabeth to our digital, to our digital communications manager, Megan Elizabeth, uh, for, Holland tweets all season long. Really appreciate it. All right. So I will stop rambling as me and start rambling as the cast of Challenge XXX. 280 characters at a time. Let's do it. Ooh. Even more when someone like Kayla screen caps an oh, Instagram no. post. Oh, no. All right. So Tony first said, you know, just getting dragged as usual. You know, Tony just not taking personal responsibility as usual. Yeah. When you get dragged all the time, Tony, you might want to take note. Maybe stop doing things that'll get you dragged. And this is what I really can't stand about Tony because, like, look, he has a great air about him, a great way of handling things when he's like, uh, I'm sorry with the Camilla and wrap with, with the Cara Donut and wrapping that Cara hate up in a nonsensical bow that put everyone to bed on it. But he, every time he apologizes or something, every time he takes personal responsibility, he immediately acts like he never did. And so to tweet, oh, just getting dragged as usual, totally undercuts all the apologies he gave to Alyssa, to Cara, to everyone. So it's like, which side are you on? Yeah, and he's obviously on the side of Tony. And that's that. Which is, but like, don't apologize then. You know, don't, don't apologize. But it's the easiest way to get out of a situation at the time, you know? And then when, you're, about it. then when you're back at home, you can say what you really feel. Uh, all right. Brittany, Nicole, uh, somebody wrote, is it Brittany and Derek heart emoji eyes or Brittany and Ashley? And she wrote me and Ashley. Duh. So I guess that her and Derek K thing was a big dud for now. No, that was <laughs> Kayla uh, says this applies to all the trolls and. She wrote on Instagram, I usually don't reply to hate because it's not even worth my time, but I'm bored today, so I'll say my piece. I never claimed to be a nice girl. I didn't get casted. Uh, sick. <laughs> sick, yeah. Um, <laughs> because I always make the right decisions. I'm an MTV personality who, during real world, was 22 years old, psycho, drunk, and not a care in the world. But I'm 25 now. Or sorry, no but. I'm 25 now and have, yes, grown up in the public eye. But, <laughs> Sorry. That means laugh. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't have the same 22 year old mentality. I do and say what I want when I want to, uh, to whoever I want without the fear of people, quote, disliking me. It's funny you say that karma has come back at me, but you're so mistaken. I've had a great karma, an amazing life. I've had once in a lifetime experiences because of MTV. I've made a lot of money. I'm in an amazing relationship and my family and friends support and love me. And that's all I ask for. Heart. <sighs> oh. Oh, no, I'm did not you do that all in tomorrow. one breath? Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, did she say that she, I might have uh, misheard you? Did she say that she is 25 years old and has grown up in the public eye 
that doesn't mean she doesn't still that she doesn't still make 22 year old decisions or something like that yes you nailed it what does that even mean like, <laughs> uh, if you if you're 25 now and you've grown up in the public eye but you're still uh making 22 year old decisions like then you haven't grown up sorry i don't really get how she grew up in the public eye from 22 to 25 yeah also that being on tv for less than a year total yeah but okay yeah uh, and then finally, let's give Queen Jemmy the final word on Twitter this season. Um, going in on Camilla, here she is. MTV forgave you for being a racist B, and you come on another show and hit a production assistant who is just trying to do her job, SMH. And she wrote, posting selfies on Instagram with seven unnecessary paragraphs and a quote, doesn't make you a better person. Judge Judy Eyroll. Photo. <laughs> Okay. Wow. I think that, there you go. There you have it. I just I don't know what to do with that. Um so on the topic of Camilla having watched the first five minutes of pros for shows, she is on the show. Um she was at the first challenge. And then I don't know what happened because we started doing this. But uh huh. She was I saw her face on the show and I was like, whoa. Like I thought they would just like blank space her out of any shot she was in but nope there she was and now i'm wondering if we're gonna get an explanation why she went away um that's crazy because she was like photoshopped out of all of the promotion i know i know they didn't they like did what they did on this season she was there they just pretended she wasn't wow all right I hope that I can now go to pretend that she wasn't there <laughs> and just in my general life yeah I'm I'm sure that they'll resolve that quite nicely or not at all. Um, your guess is as good as mine. Not at all. So all right. yeah. Jonathan, thank you for staying up till eleven thirty on a Tuesday night for missing champs versus pros, challengers, Joes, Schmoes, whatever. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh to everyone else who listened all season, Brian and me and our cast of subs. Uh, who was on the season? You, Johnny Langan, Dan. I think that's it. Uh, Sounds right. So from everyone here in my room right now, which is just me, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Looking forward to starting fresh with the same old bunch of crazy characters and maybe some from other shows. Uh-oh. Uh, until then, we will see you around whenever MTV rears its challenge head again. 